Hey there. Welcome back to Legal Mumbo Jumbo with Houston Divorce and Family Law Attorney Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some Legal Mumbo Jumbo. Hey guys, and welcome back to season two, episode number 14 of Legal Mumbo Jumbo. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I'm a Houston family law and divorce attorney. And today's topic is obviously about enforcement, but we're going to specifically talk about enforcing child support and medical support whenever the other parent does not pay within the terms of the court order. So I always like to let you guys know how the topic came about. I think this one's pretty obvious. Um, This is just a reoccurring issue that we see a lot in family law and people sometimes have cases where the other parent doesn't pay. And so I think it's important that both parents are financially responsible and be available to their child. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. There's not really a lot of like context to give because I think you guys know. So grab your sheet of paper and something to write with, and we'll go ahead and jump right in. So I'm going to talk about um, the different ways that you can bring about this action, um, and then we'll kind of jump into the meat of it. So the reason why I say the different ways is because this action can be brought by you, one, hiring a private attorney to represent you and bring in an enforcement action against the other parent, or you can have the Office of the Attorney General bring it on behalf of the state, not representing you, but representing the state's interests, but still getting you a very, very similar, if not the exact same outcome, if you have a private attorney. Now, the process for doing so um, with their office is its own, you know, podcast really in and of itself, but you can contact their office to see if you qualify. If you're within Harris County, Um, We also offer the Harris County Domestic Relations Office also handles enforcement action. So you can contact their office to see if you qualify for them to be able to assist you. But today I'm going to talk about um, what it, you know, what it entails from you having a private attorney represent you, you hiring someone to represent you in the action. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in to the actual bringing about the enforcement action. So the first thing to note is that I always tell clients that in order for me to bring an enforcement action when it relates to medical support and child support is that we have to make sure that we're able to meet the burden of a pattern, right? Because when you bring an enforcement action, if it's just one violation that happened in 10 years, the court's not likely going to hold that person in contempt because you don't meet the burden of showing a pattern of behavior that they're likely to continue to um, not abide by the court's order and follow it. So what I usually tell clients is that we want to see months, at least, you know, two to three months of consecutively um, missing payments, not making them timely, getting behind to the point where now there's an arrearage amount um, that needs to be confirmed and things like that. So my preference in my office is at least three months. This allows for me to be able to show that pattern of behavior, especially if, like I mentioned, there's an arrearage amount. And typically in our office, when we file an enforcement, we do also file the enforcement and ask for the court to confirm an arrearage amount if there's an outstanding balance. So that way we can get that cumulative judgment amount all into the same order. 
because in Texas, we do have the right to do what's called joinder, um, which allows for you to bring two different actions into one. So we do that as a way to alleviate the need to file a confirmation at a later date. So with that being said, once you, the first step is figuring out if they have that pattern behavior, they miss at least three months of payments. The next thing we do is we then contact the office of the attorney general and we would request what's called a FINA report. With that FINA report, we're able to see what the exact amounts have been paid, have been missed, what is the actual amount due. And we're able to actually attach that to the motion for enforcement as well as actually putting in the mispayment amounts. It's just an extra layer to ensure that you um, are noticing the other party properly, because if you had the chance to listen to last week's podcast, you'll know that enforcements are quasi-criminal. So we have to have a substantial amount of proof in order for the court to find someone in contempt. So my thought process is the more the merrier. So that way we have it in the format of the pleading, but we also have it as an attachment, which the law allows for you to include the Office of the Attorney General's payment record as a way for you to show mispayments. After you're able to then do um, that, get that rather, (laughs) being a report, draft the pleading, you then have to get the other party served. Once they're served, they would then have to appear in court. I mentioned in my last podcast about their ability to ask for an attorney to be appointed to them if they cannot afford one. I always tell people at that first hearing, especially when we're dealing with child support, it's not very likely that you're going to go forward. And it's just something that you should be prepared for. Now, if the other parent, um, you know, decides that they want to go for it, they don't want an attorney appointed to them, or maybe they have an attorney and the attorney says, Your Honor, we're ready. We have enough notice and we want to move forward. Great. But the reality is, is that it's not usually <laughs> the likeliness of that happening. So be prepared for that case to be reset. After you actually get past the resets and all that good stuff, um, you then will actually have the ability to have a hearing. Now, before we jump into the third point of talking about, I guess it's really the fourth point of talking about the hearing, I do want to mention something, which is about what happens if the other parent doesn't show up. And I'm really speaking right now to those of you who may have been served with an enforcement, and I want to talk to you for a moment and encourage you to show up. The reason why you want to show up is because if you don't, a capius will be issued against you. What that means is a warrant for your arrest would be issued and an officer can come out and arrest you and place you in jail. That is something you don't want to happen. It's easily avoidable by you just showing up to court. If you need more time to hire an attorney, ask the court for that, but do not not show up. What ends up happening when you don't show up is you have that capious or warrant issued for your arrest. You usually have also a bond that you have to pay. And you could possibly be picked up in the interim. So don't put yourself in that situation. Please show up. All right, let me get off my soapbox. Let's go ahead and go back into our order. So the fourth thing that I want to talk about is the hearing. So at the hearing, a person can state that they did not have the ability to pay the child support by making affirmative defenses. Now, usually they will file this within their answer, but they can also, you know, make them orally in addition to filing them. 
One of the ways that um, someone can get out of an enforcement, the first type of affirmative defense, is that the person would say that the other parent voluntarily relinquished the child to them for a period of time, and that's the reason why they didn't pay child support. They may also state um, that they lack the ability to provide in that amount. Maybe they got laid off. Maybe they, um, you know, got demoted in their job. Maybe they own their business and business is slow and they're able to show that. They may also state that they have a lack of property to be sold. They don't have anything mortgaged. They can't borrow any money. Um, their credit's bad. They don't have the ability to depend on anyone else to co-sign or help them and ability to borrow money legally or obtain it legally. Um, and there's, you know, these are just defenses, affirmative defenses that they can claim. And so you want to make sure that if you know that these things have occurred, that you are rational whenever you're um, having your attorney negotiate for you before the hearing. Because sometimes what will happen is, you know, parties can negotiate through their attorney to get an agreement, to confirm the arrears, to get that person back on track to paying and not have the need to have a contempt action brought where the person's put in jail. The biggest thing to note whenever you're having your hearing, if you decide to go forward, um, is that I always, I always tell my clients to think about this. If the person's in jail, they definitely cannot pay child support. So if that's your goal and purpose, then more than likely our office would probably not be the best fit for you um, because that to me is just contradictory. If you want the person to pay support, but you have them in jail for six months, which is usually the amount of time that the law allows for the court to do it, um, or it could actually be more than that, but let's just say it's six months, then you're not getting child support for six months. And our goal is to in, assist you in getting some form of payment immediately and to bring this person to court so that they understand the importance of timely paying their support. And then if they don't, then they could be put in jail. And then at that point, if you have to, you know, ask for the court to put, place them in jail, if they're not abiding by the contempt action either order, then that's different. So that's just something to kind of think about. Also, another big thing to note is that the person can also argue if they're receiving disability benefits and the child is receiving monthly you know, amounts from their disability, or maybe the child received a lump sum as a result of the person's disability, then that amount that is received because of disability will be credited towards their back child support or the child support that they've missed or the arrears that they've accrued. So keep that in mind as well um, if you are deciding whether or not you want to bring a contempt action. The next thing to note is I want to talk about what happens outside of, we've already talked about, you know, someone can go to jail. We know someone um, could have to pay attorney fees and court costs. And I will tell you, if a contempt action is brought and they have substantiating proof, and I'm talking to those of you who are served with these action, it's very, very likely you're going to be paying attorney fees and court costs. Maybe, you know, you can negotiate the amount, but the reality is if someone had to bring the action for you to start paying your support and start doing what you're supposed to do, then you're going to have to pay some type of attorney fees and court costs. So avoid having to do that by paying something. Um, 
The next thing I want to talk about, which is the fifth point, is what happens if someone does not go to jail? What are other options that a parent has to ensure that the parent who has not been consistent in paying has some type of meat in the game, right? So there are a few things you can do. You can ask for coercive contempt. I talked about that um, in last week's podcast. Coercive contempt is a contempt action that states that if the person does violate the court's order with the enforcement action now, or any other part of the court order that they were actually enforcing um, that the court, you know, orders or allows, which is usually pertaining to the child support. It's not likely going to be like any and everything. Then they will have to go to jail. And the only way they can get out of jail is if they pay a specific dollar amount. So the coercive contempt is like, we're coerced, you know, this isn't something you want to do. Like if you do it, you're going to have to pay money. You're going to sit in jail until you pay this money. We don't care. So don't do it. Right. So it's something to um, encourage them not to do it. The other thing is that they're likely going to be put on community supervision. Um, and what that means is it's kind of like a probation period. You have, you know, so many months or so many years that you're on it. You can't miss payments. You have to timely make them. If you fail to make them, if you fail to abide by the court's order, you can have the suspension of your commitment to jail revoked or suspended, and you can be placed in jail. And the person who brought the um, motion for enforcement could file that and say, Your Honor, we want this you know, community supervision to be suspended, and we're asking for the supervision that was once suspended to be you know, no longer suspended because they're not abiding by the court's order and we want them to be placed in jail. At that point, you have to do what you have to do. As I mentioned, if someone is still not abiding by the court's order and they've been held in contempt already and given their slap on the hand, then it's likely that they're going to have to sit in jail for them to realize um, the importance of being financially responsible for their child. So, With that being said, that's today's podcast. Um, There's so much more related to enforcement actions dealing with medical and child support. So if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to our office during normal business hours. You can call us or you can also book online. I'll put the information in the show notes. And until next time, take care. Bye for now.